Hello, everybody. Good to see actually lots of faces I don't really know. So welcome. I'm Danny, as has been said. And um, yeah, when we were talking about who's going to be speaking through the year and I was asked, I was like, okay, yeah, looking at which month to do. And there was something about today that stood out and I'm like, I really think that's the day I should say. And then Joel asked me, what about this date? I'm like, it's exactly what I was thinking. So even though it's strange that I'm just, I've been feeling really unwell today and whatever, and um, I know that there's still a reason it was meant to be me here today speaking, so trusting in that. So yeah, we've been looking at greater and greater heart. So what I want to be talking about is um, actually how we can have a greater purity of heart, greater purity of heart. And I guess if I summarise what I'm going to talk about in a sentence, it is that a purity of heart is what keeps you connected to God as the Father. And that's what allows you to live your calling out in God's kingdom now. So there you go. You can go home now. I've told you what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm kidding. So, yeah, I just wanted to start with something that happened Earlier this year, it was before Wade and I got our rental um, and we were house-sitting and the house that we were at had the Hillsong Channel. So I've never had the Hillsong Channel, so I was like, oh yeah, let's put that on in the background. And uh, I think a service was about to begin and there was like a song playing and I was going about whatever I was doing. And then suddenly I realised I was crying. I was like, what the heck? Hold on. And then I, I engaged with what was happening on the screen. I was like... What and it they were they were singing a song, but it wasn't even like a, a slow you know I love you Lord like it was it was like a dancey clappy song and I'm like why has this grabbed my heart and so I stopped and I let myself kind of engage in what the song was saying and um yeah it turns out that it was a song by Anthony Evans you would have might have heard of him and the song was called. Oh, the song's chorus was saying that my heart is now your home. And I suppose there was nothing too special about the song, but the lyrics were just something that in that moment really grabbed me. And yeah, I don't know if you've had an experience like that before where, yeah, something just touches your heart and you're like, oh, that did something for me. And so when that happens, it's good to stop and ask why, because those are the times that God might be trying to get your attention. And teach you something. Um, yeah, we know, a lot of us know that when we believe in God, we invite him to live in our hearts. There's that kind of idea that, yeah, our hearts are now his home. It's all throughout scripture. Um, I'll give some examples. Uh, I think we, you know, we heard it from the verse earlier before as well, that God dwells with us. 1 Corinthians 3.16 says, Do you not know that you are a temple of God and the Spirit of God dwells in you? Ephesians 3.17 Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. I love John 14.23 There's a translation that says, this is Jesus speaking, he says, Loving me empowers you to obey my word. And my Father will love you so deeply that we will come 
to you and make you our dwelling place. Think about that for a sec. We are God's dwelling place. Our hearts are his home. I wanted to just share this story that I heard. It's a bit of an analogy, so go with it. There was a a young man. He had a beautiful mansion, beautiful home. It had so many rooms and you just go down the corridors and every room's just better and better as you go along. And one day this man invites Jesus to come and stay with him. He says, Jesus, come to my home, live with me. I'm going to give you the best room. He went through the corridors. He showed him, this room is yours. I've saved you. You know, the the big ensuite. You've got the balcony view. You've got everything, the little fridge, but it's a big fridge. Whatever it was, he just gave him the best. But something happened that night as the man went to sleep. He heard a real, like, loud knock at the door, a bang at the door. So he goes downstairs and... To his surprise, when he opens the door, Satan had sent three demons to attack him. And so he's fighting to close this door, but one of the demons kept having a foot open in the door. And, you know, he struggled and struggled. And then eventually, you know, he could close the door. And he he thought to himself, oh, why didn't Jesus come and help me? Or maybe he just didn't hear anything. And, And so he goes to sleep a bit frustrated, but He went along the day, the next day, and because of what happened, he was tired, and so he went to bed a bit earlier, and again, he just had this ruckus at the door, and this time it was so loud, he thought the door was going to smash down, and again, the enemy had sent these demons to fight him, and he was like, oh my goodness, he was, he was fighting for three hours, and eventually he, he got the door closed, and this time he was really wondering, can you believe this? Where is God? Where is Jesus right now? I invited him here and he's not even helping me. The next day he thought, well, I I should ask Jesus what's going on. So he goes to him and he says, Jesus, I don't understand what's happening. The last two nights I've had to fight demons away from my door while you laid up here sleeping. Don't you care about me? Did I not give you the best of my home? He could see the tears building in Jesus' eyes, but continued on. I just don't understand. I, I really thought that once I invited you in to live with me, that you would look after me. I gave you everything. What more can I do? My precious child, Jesus spoke so softly. I do love you and care for you. I protect all that you have released into my care. But when you invited me into your home to stay, you brought me to this lovely room and you shut the door on me, to the rest of the home. I'm Lord of this room, but I'm not master of this house. I've protected this room and no demon may enter here. The man repents and says, oh, you're so, you're so right. I'm so sorry. Like, you, this whole house is yours. Like, make yourself at home. Everything belongs to you. And, you know, Jesus was like, you know, it's okay. I'm going to look after things from now on. 
midnight comes again. What's going to happen? There was this knock at the door again and it was frightening and the, the young man slipped out to go to the door but just in time he saw that Jesus had already bet him to go to the door. And I love how this story ends. Opens the door, Satan, what do you want? Satan and the demons look up at Jesus, look at the house number, look at Jesus, look at the number on the house and say, sorry to disturb you, I think we got the wrong address. And they ran away. How powerful. You know, we, we can invite, you know, I don't know what stage of the journey you're at, but when you, when you decide to believe in God, he makes his home in your heart, but we then have to decide to what extent he owns our heart, our lives, to what extent to what extent is the house his. It's interesting that, yeah, we say that Jesus is our Lord and Saviour. You know, he, he saves us, he enters our heart, but is he your Lord as well? When he's Lord, it means that he is in control, like he's the one who you surrender everything to. And it's interesting because um, I found out a little point that when Jesus was living on earth and he had his friendship group, the disciples, the one that betrayed him called Judas, his interactions with Jesus, he never called him Lord or Master. He always said, Teacher. Whereas the, the other disciples had always called him Lord or Master because I guess they had this different revelation of who God was and therefore a different openness of heart than perhaps Judas had. There's this quote about salvation, like being saved versus actually living God's kingdom now. And it says... Salvation is not just a ticket to heaven. It's an all-inclusive, all-expenses-paid life in the kingdom of God today. Many of us have reduced salvation to an escape from hell. When in, rea in reality, salvation is life in the kingdom of God. Salvation is not just you not burning in hell. It's you burning for God's kingdom now. I guess you can imagine a big house. You know that at home, whoever you live with, you can still live in a home and still be strangers at times when you're not checking in with each other. You know, it's the same with us. It's the same with God in our hearts. Yeah, the, the kingdom of God, I, I would love to just talk a lot on that, but that's another whole message. But I guess it's just something to really touch on because, yeah, it's something that I used to not really understand, but it's actually already here. Like, Jesus talks about it through Scripture a lot, that he's brought the kingdom already here. And I, we really should, yeah, look at that more. What does that look like and how can I live that? And what's my part in that? See, if you think of what, you understand heaven being, put that here. You know, if heaven is no lack, 
no sickness, no disease, no depression, no anxiety, um, no jealousy, no fighting arguments, like that, then that's what should reflect here, now. There's a different way of life, which is the whole point of Jesus coming to restore things to their original design, right? But why then? Why then do we look around and we're still in this struggle? Why are we still seeing evil win around us? You know, when we say yes to God and yes to Jesus, we actually... Yeah, it, like someone said it the other day, um, we think that life with Jesus or breakthrough means something like a trip to Fiji. Like, sweet, everything's great. Get to relax, you know. And in a lot of ways, it can be, and, and there are elements of that. But even more than that, we actually are automatically enlisted into a battle, a very real battle between two kingdoms. You see it in every movie. We're actually living that movie. <laughs> you know, what does an army look like? What if you're a soldier and you just thought it was like a cool thing to be a soldier? So you rock up there, you've got your gun, you've, I don't know, got all your gadgets and stuff and, you know, you might be talking to someone, how cool is this? Two minutes later you get shot because you're not looking and, you know, that's not what a soldier does. A soldier is like on guard, has a strategy, is aware of what's happening around. Do you know what I mean? That reflects the life we live, being aware of what is going on in the unseen world around us because what does the Bible say? Our battle is not against flesh and blood. That means it's not against other people, but it's against the rulers of the world, which is Satan and his army. And he's already given us the weapons that we need to fight that. He's already given us the authority and he's already given us the identity that we need to walk in. So that's really exciting. But we're talking about heart. We're talking about purity of heart. So how does that connect? Think about what purity looks like. Just picture it, whatever comes to mind. Purity. What are some things you think of you can shout it out? Clean. Snow. Light. What else comes to mind? Water. Yeah, I love that. Purity, you know, it's, it's freedom. It's having something in its original beauty. So we're talking about our heart, so purity of heart. You know, because we're, we're in this world right now, we're in this time in life where there's a, still a battle and the enemy is still the ruler of this world, but he knows his time is short, so praise God. But because we're here and we're still in this battle, we are going to get things thrown at us. We are going to get, you know... Things are going to be hard at times and, you know, Jesus already said that, like, 
You know, there will be troubles, but I have overcome the world. But because of that, you know, our hearts, it's, it's an intentional thing that we need to live day by day to maintain purity of heart. So what am I talking about? We talked about, you know, our minds last time. And you might have heard that thoughts are like, you know how you say, a thought crossed my mind. Or, you, you know, I don't know, meditation apps and stuff, they say, imagine the traffic of your mind. And, you know, thoughts are a little bit, and your mind is a little bit kind of like a, you know, a two-way street and stuff. But when I think about the heart, it's a little bit more like a container. The heart can hold things. The heart can carry things. And, and sometimes those things are pollutants. Sometimes those things are hurt. Sometimes those things are heaviness. Sometimes those things are sin. And when that happens, there's a disconnect. It could be as small as, you know, you know, you think of what, what is a belief? A belief is like, it's like a thought, but that's how it begins. A belief then enters your heart and then your, your heart contains this belief, right? And then that, through that belief is what you then do. So, uh, what's an example? If I believe, if I think, Shane doesn't like me, you know, that's a thought, crosses my mind. If I believe that, that enters my heart and turns into insecurity, right? Then when I see Shane, I'm going to probably avoid him because I'm like, oh, he doesn't like me. I, you know, does that make sense? Things that cross your mind, if you don't leave it, if you leave it unchecked, it can enter your heart and then it can create your actions, these are some of the things that we need to be so aware of. In 2 Corinthians 2.11, it says, we are not unaware of the devil's schemes. You know, we need to be aware of how he works. What are the things that always get you? We all have a few things that you're, you, you're like, yeah, that I always struggle with this. Or like, you know, is it my thoughts? Is it my, whatever it is. What are those things? Don't be unaware. You know, it's okay to be like, you know, know your weaknesses because that's where you can grow that and God can transform that and keep growing your purity of heart so that you can be connected to him even more, even more, even more, even more. Because what happens when our hearts carry more and 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 more lies, you know, things we've thought that have turned into a belief that is not true, what happens? It changes how not only we see ourselves, but how we see God. And that's when there's a disconnect. I'll just go back to that random example about Shane. So if I am insecure that Shane doesn't like me, so, you know, and then it might turn into a habit where I think that about a lot of people around me. And then what happens? I'm going to think, oh, God... You don't, I'm not good enough for you either. Oh, God, I, I don't really belong here. You know, and it, it twists into how you perceive even God. When I was thinking about this, I don't know when it was, maybe a few months ago, I just thought of, you know, Jesus is so many things to us, but one thing he is, is a garbage collector. 
He's so humble. But he's our garbage collector. You know, one day I was thinking, oh my goodness, my heart is just so full of garbage <laughs> right now. And I was like, God, oh, just take it. I'm over it. And it's, that's what he does. And we need to ask him to do that on the regular. Just take out this stuff that's in my heart that's just a blockage, that's not allowing me to be who I'm called to be, who's not allowing me to be the soldier in this army that I'm meant to be. Jesus is our garbage collector. You know, when we have a, a pure heart, it allows, it allows us to not only carry more of what God's put in us, but the Bible says that we, we live out of the overflow of what God's done in our life. So, I mean, it makes sense. If you have less rocks in your heart, then you have more room for the water. And then, you know, and God wants to flow out of you. And it's all throughout scripture where it talks about Jesus coming into your heart and being living water. I love Ezekiel 47, 1 to 12. There's a, there's a vision recorded about, about water, about this river. And um, it's, it's a river that it, it began ankle deep. You know, think about it at the beach or if you've been to a, a river to swim when the water's just at your ankles. But then the, the river grew and then it was at the knees. And then it grew even more and then it was at the waist. And then it grew even more that you could not walk through it, but you could swim. And there was this fullness of this river. And in this vision, he's just being called deeper and deeper into this water. And yeah, this water... Um, I won't explain the whole passage, but basically it, from salt water it turns into pure water, um, fresh water, and allowed trees to grow and food and fish to, to live there and all these things. And like in our hearts, when our hearts are pure, you know, instead of being polluted water that brings death to everyone around us and to ourselves, when we have that purity in us more and more, it allows that water not only to fill us, but to flow from us and bring life everywhere. That's what the kingdom is. That's what God's kingdom here looks like. Yeah, you might, you know, we want to be practical. We want to know, well, what does this look like today? And Matthew 5, 8 says, Blessed are the pure in heart. For they shall see God. But equally, Proverbs 29 says, 20 verse 9 says, Who can say I have made my heart pure and I am clean from sin? You know, those two scriptures kind of say, well, in one hand, you know, there's this purity of heart brings us closer to, to seeing God and knowing Him and being with Him. But, like, who can really say that they can achieve that? Because we really, we really can't. And for those who are here this morning, I love how much what Glenn spoke about kind of correlates to this. Uh, he set an example about um, the Bondi Beach and just how, you know, there are people who who don't really understand the rules and then they, you know, have to get saved or some people who know to swim between the flags and they do the right thing but still some of them get caught out in rips and then there's some people who just blatantly don't care and just don't follow the rules and they get stuck too. And it's like, it just reminded me how, you know, we're all in the same category. <laughs> Whether we're 
intentionally don't want to be involved with God and his plan for us, whether we're trying to do the right thing and we do, whether we just don't even understand God at all, you know, we're all at risk of being taken into these rips, you know. We're all, there's no one better than anyone else is what I'm getting at. And that's why we, we all need each other and we need to encourage each other to keep keeping on, right? We cannot do it on our own. But coming back to how, how can we have purity of heart? How can we be clean? How can we keep ourselves free from these pollutants that enter our hearts all the time, everywhere, all the time? I share this example, I've shared this example with people before and it's, it sounds so stupid, but like in our faith we do this. So I'm just going to... Um, Say like when we say you, let's just use soccer as an example because a lot of people here play soccer. So you've played a game of soccer, you're sweaty, you're dirty. What do you do? You just need to go have a shower, right? But um, what if you start getting some wet wipes and wiping yourself down and, I don't know, getting a tissue, I don't know, getting a cloth and, and then you go shower? That's ridiculous. Why would you do that? You just, you just strip off, go have a shower and then you're clean, right? Like, but how many times in our faith... Do we think we need to clean ourselves up before we go to God? How many times do we think we need to be the ones to, to do the work or make, you know, the water come or get, be better or, you know? There's this whole element in kingdom that it's not about what you do. It's about what he's done and, and walking into that. John 15.3 says... You are already clean because of the word I have spoken over you. You know, God's word, the the things that it says in the Bible are things that when you let it not just be a thought that crosses your mind, but a thought that turns into a belief that you keep in your heart, that changes you. And we heard that this morning too with the example of um, Caroline Leaf that, um, yeah, she with the brain, that it's things that you believe actually change the structure of your brain and science is catching up with scripture and God's, God's word, which is awesome. And I just want to say, like, you know, again, just going to keep going back to Glenn's message this morning. He said, all throughout scripture, uh, it's just examples of people who've stuffed up and God redeeming them and that we're in the same boat. David is one of those people and he was a king, but he um, he had that big mistake he made in life where he um, had taken another woman who was married while the husband was at war and got the husband killed just so he can have that woman. And um, there was a prophet called Nathan that came to him and kind of said this analogy and then he realized oh my goodness okay I've done the wrong thing and he repented but in Psalms this is that David in Psalm 51 10 to 11 he's saying to God create in me a pure heart God and make my spirit right again do not send me away from you or take your Holy Spirit away from me you know, it's, it's a prayer we can, we can pray regularly. Create a pure heart in me. It's also making those times to, 
to just be still with God and say, hey, God, show me what's in my heart. Make it a regular thing. You know, some of those pollutants, what are they? It's like what I said before, anything that doesn't reflect the kingdom of God. Um, It could be, you know, unforgiveness. It could be hurt. It could be bitterness. It could be things that have happened to you or things that you've thought. It could be even trauma, it could, you know, that causes these things, fear. And God doesn't want us to live with these things because these are the things that hinder us. It's like that soldier, you know, these are the things that are an extra backpack on the soldier that they can't move freely, that they can't run, that they can't be aware. This soldier, imagine if he just has heaps of hats and glasses and just all these things on him and it's just baggage. We don't want to live with that baggage, do we? That is not what we've called to do. You might think of um, purity, purifying. Um, you know, you think of gold and metal that's purified by fire, if you've, if you've heard that analogy and how that works. And I just looked up a little bit how that works because, yeah, it's really interesting, I think, it might be there might be verses about it too about your heart being purified by fire and i guess in some ways yeah god god might not you know take away something difficult because he actually wants to refine you through that hard time and sometimes it's the fire or the the hard challenge that if you are aware it can really bring out that gold in you And that's something to be aware about too, that when things go wrong, you know, we don't want to ask God, why? Why? You know, I want to to try my best not to do that anymore, but I heard someone say, I've given up saying, why, God? And instead I ask him, who are you in this moment for me? Who, what do I need to learn about you in this, you know? Is it that you're going to provide? Or is it that, that you're my peace? Is it that you're my healer? What is it? that he wants to teach you through those times. You know, when with refining metals, straight from a website off Google, it's to be distinguished from other processes such as smelting and calcining, which I don't even know what they are, in that those two involve a chemical change to the raw material, whereas refining metal... The final material is usually identically, identical chemically to the original one, only purer. So if that didn't make sense, basically there are some processes where the actual original thing changes, the structure changes, but with refining it's, it's still you, just the purest form of you. I love that. You know, I think... I mean, at least for me, but I, I don't know, I don't think I know who I am in the way that I was designed by God yet. Like, I think when we are in heaven, we'll kind of have a picture of, oh, this is the fullness of me, you know, me free of sin and fully pure before God because it says he will wash us and make us clean. But the more and more that we seek him now in this time, you know, the more and more he shows us, this is how I know you. This is your name, you know. Look at what your name means. That's pretty powerful. Or your middle name. Um, yeah, I love that, yeah, 
there's significance in the names that God calls you. Yeah, so don't think that, um, I don't know, don't think that being with God means that you have to change who you are. You're not changing who you are. You're just becoming the purest form of who you are. You're getting to know who you are, and that's what he wants. It's so good. How are we going for time? So I just wanted to, yeah, I just wanted to share some stories as well. We, you know, we know that God's, God, want, God lives in our hearts. God wants all of our hearts. And he wants us to have this purity and this freedom. And, you know, he did it. I love Titus 2.14. This is God's plan. It says, he, Jesus, he gave his life to free us from every kind of sin, to cleanse us and to make us his very own people, totally committed to doing good deeds. Like I said at the start, it's a pure heart that keeps you connected to the Father and allows you to live fully kingdom now. Your part in the kingdom now. The first, one of the first times that I remember really experiencing God purifying me or kind of giving me that freedom in my heart and like, you know, that feeling where it's like, oh, I'm light, I feel light again. I was, I don't know, I was probably... 19 or something and um, I was at a young adult service and a friend of mine was going to pray for me because I don't know, I'd, you know, sometimes we just have a general heaviness, like just a, you know, you're just tired, you're just, you know, you're, you're not thriving, you're just kind of going through the motions and I was in that place once. So a friend was praying for me and she prayed that uh, she saw, I guess, a stream or a river and that there, there were like logs blocking that stream and that flow. And so she was praying that those logs would be removed. And I wasn't very visual back then. And if you know me now, I'm very visual with all my how I hear God and prophecy. But that was an image that as she was saying, God, I pray these logs would be removed. I literally felt things come off my heart and come out of my heart. And I didn't even know what they were. You know, so sometimes... You might not even be able to pick what the heck is in your heart and God still wants to free you. I mean, I suppose there's other times where you need to know what they are because they're reoccurring and God wants you to nail that on the head. But there are these times where you're just heavy and you don't know why. And um, yeah, it was funny because that night, um, I, I, since that, I think it was maybe a week that this, this feeling lasted. So the next morning, after my friend had prayed for me, um, I woke up and I don't know about you, but sometimes you wake up and like thoughts flood your mind straight away and it's like, okay, new day. But this time I woke up and it was just very like, I don't know, just birds chirping, golden light, <laughs> think of a movie, I don't know. But it was just like so much peace. And I'd, I was really like, what the heck? I've, I don't think I've ever felt this much peace. And then it happened the next day and the next day and the next day, probably, I don't know how long it was. And I was like, God, this is awesome. How long is this going to last? Like, you know, you always think, oh, it's not going to last that long. <laughs> but I just, I loved it. And, you know, I'm the first one who came up with HSP, okay? It wasn't the kebab shops. Because I was telling everybody that week, I'm high on HSP. 
Holy Spirit power because I felt so free and so at peace. And that was all just because a friend prayed a simple prayer just for that peace, that purity of heart, those things to be removed. And it affected everything in my life. You know, I would call that a small example. But there are other times that, um, you know, I'd, again, I don't know where this came from, but there was a time, for a time in my life, I had a lot of fear at night. So I don't know if some of you are experiencing that right now or anything, but I was, it was literally to the point where, like, I'd <laughs> go to bed and then have to, like, flick the light off and quickly run into the sh- bed and cover my eyes and just try and sleep. And, like, I just felt like there was something there. You know, I just I felt like there was something in the room and there was just this fear. And, yeah, I, di- I didn't know. I did all the Christian things. I got prayer, whatever. Um, but it was just, it was there for a while. And I was at a service and someone had come to the front, maybe at the end during worship or something, and just said, um, I feel that God is saying there are people here struggling with fear of the dark, especially at night. If that's you, come out the front. I want to pray for you. And so, yeah, I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm going up. I have to go up. That's me. And, yeah, I don't even remember what happened again, but it was, again, through that response and someone praying that it, it went away. It's never come back. So praise God, you know. I don't know. Sometimes things happen that we don't even know where the door was open to the enemy. But he came and stole something. You know, think about the house again. There are things in our life that maybe we haven't given God, you know, control of everything, you know. We're like, oh, you can have, you know, 99 of the rooms, but this one's mine. You know, we don't want to give him everything sometimes because we want to kind of be in control. But the more, we, the more we surrender to him, we have to realise that that's amazing because it's less pressure on us to have it all together and he can be in control. But, you know, what does the Bible say about the enemy? What does he come and do? Yeah, he comes to steal. It says he comes to steal, kill and destroy, but Jesus has come to give life and life to the full you know, if you imagine your heart like a house, have you, have you left some doors open or some windows unlocked? You know, where, you know, the enemy can, can sneak in and steal. He doesn't want to live in your house. He doesn't want to live in your heart. He just wants to steal. You know, what, 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 what's he stolen from you? For me, I guess he stole my peace at night. I don't know what I left open, but, you know, the result was fear. He might have stolen your security in who you are, so you feel very insecure around people, anxiety, social anxiety. He may have stolen your faith that, you know, you believe some stuff, God's in control, but you're not really like, okay, God can do anything. Whatever it is, we need to be aware of these things. And I really pray that as I speak, that God would actually highlight these things to you and, and that they'd come to your mind. So if you, if you find yourself thinking about something that's happened in the past, don't ignore it. Like that's the Holy Spirit actually bringing it to mind because he wants you to be free from it, right? He's so good. I had some stuff going on for 
the last few months where some of you know I was just in a real place of, I guess, um, yeah, anxiety and worry and just, again, totally lost my peace. And, um, yeah, bitterness was definitely something that, that grew in my heart. So bitterness is, yeah, it's disgusting. Um, and we need to give that to God too. But it starts with, like, worry and it can start with a judgment that we make. But something that happened in my time with God was I was just trying to give him this area and what came to mind was, you know, how I was feeling, go with me, is um, like a cat in a bathtub struggling to get out of the water. You know, I felt wet, I felt humiliated, I felt like I was drowning, I felt like I couldn't breathe, I felt like I was alone, I felt just, you know, I actually looked up some pictures that I didn't end up doing a slideshow and, yeah, some funny pictures when you look up wet cat or cat drowning. But anyway, um, you know, that's what I felt like with worry controlling my life. But then I'm like, God, you know, what are you going to do about this? And then he showed me a different picture and it's actually impossible and you'd probably laugh because this would never happen. But instead of this cat struggling and struggling to in this bathwater, I saw the cat doing a starfish and just floating. And God's like, just lie down in my palm and stay there. Just surrender. Stop trying so hard. It's not about trying harder. He's so good. There are so many things that that come, but he wants us to be free from that, and he's given us the way to be free from that. Our hearts are his home. You know, he's our saviour. He wants our whole heart, though. That's when he's our Lord. And he makes our hearts pure. It's him that does it. When we accept his grace, we accept what Jesus did on the cross through his blood and we believe what his word says. Believe. Did you get that? You know, thought crosses your mind. Oh, scripture. You understand it with your mind. You believe it with your heart. You live it out. When we believe, that's hard to do. Number four, we need refining on the regular. We need it. And that's surrender. That's the cat. Can you just lie down and, you know, sometimes you just don't have an answer for stuff. What do you do? You go be alone in your room wherever and just picture yourself lying down or physically lie down, do a starfish (laughs) And say, God, I literally surrender. Like, not even little finger, I'm in control. Like, everything, lie down. (laughs) Surrender. And why do we do this? Why? Because we're not just here waiting for heaven. You know, heaven's already here and we're the ones bringing it. We need to know it in ourselves so that we can bring it. You know, and that's the supernatural as well. That's healing and that's prophecy and that's things, you know, I heard a a amazing story about somebody who um, she said she was a terrible waitress in this like restaurant at one time but they kept her on because 
somehow since she started working there, their profits like tripled and um, the woman working there just associated that with her and then she was so reliant on the Holy Spirit that she'd she was then given the role to be a cook, and she doesn't know how to cook, but um, she would know what meal to prepare before they gave the docket that this needs to be made. And she's like, here it is. And they were like, what? How does she always know before we've even, you know, and like, that's kingdom. What's, you know, we're called to live the impossible. Think about what's impossible. Here's something for us this week. Think about something that's impossible, like that just, you know, the starfish, that doesn't happen. <laughs> What in your workplace, your sport club, wherever you are, school, like, studies, what's something that would be impossible? And then go do it. Ask God, how can we do that? Let him give you a little fun adventure for the week. Try something. Get out of your comfort zone. Know who you are and know God's kingdom is bigger than yourself. It's not you, it's what he does. I love this um, Corey, I also heard recently, I was at a conference the last three days um, about activating your prophetic voice, which is really awesome. But something they said about spiritual gifts is that they're not there for God to show up so you can show off. They're there for you to show up, be available so God can show off and change people's lives so that they look to him, not, not you. You know, and I love that. The more we know him and ourselves, the more we can live out in the supernatural naturally. I'm all about that. There's this prayer um, f- that, that's usually done in, when you go for prayer ministry or deliverance that it's just going f- over a few different areas in your life and saying that, yep, Jesus is Lord over this, over this, over this. I guess you can picture the house, all the rooms in the house. This can be those areas. So I'm just going to read this out and I just want you to close your eyes. Just still yourself. And as I read these different areas of your life, you know, you know, you know in your own heart and it, you don't have to tell me, but just, you know, God can hear you. God can hear your heart. So as I read them, and you, if that's an area, you know, just say in your heart, yes, God, I give you this. I surrender this room to you. I surrender this room to you. God, I need you. I accept you as my saviour, my deliverer, and my Lord. I invite you to be the authority over my whole life. Lord, over my human spirit and all my spiritual awareness and worship. Lord over my mind, attitudes, beliefs and imaginations. Lord over my emotions and expression of my feelings. Lord over my will and my decisions. Lord, over my body, physical health, exercise, rest and appearance. Lord, over my sexuality and its expression. Lord, over my family and all my relationships. 
Lord over my work and my Christian service. Lord over my material goods and perceived needs. Lord over my plans, ambitions and future. God, we thank you that your blood was shed so that we can be free from the consequences of sin and that our names can be written in your book of life. So all these areas, Lord, you just, you see every person saying, yeah, I want you to be Lord over every area. And God, where we're scared to let you in, in some of these areas, I just pray for peace. I just pray for reassurance that with you it's the best, that the best way is being surrendered to you. And God, I just pray that any shame or any fear that holds us back from opening all of our heart to you would just be lifted right now in Jesus' name. Just allow people to sense you filling them up. And while you're in this place just reflecting on who God is, I just want you to picture your own heart. Just ask the Holy Spirit to show you what it looks like. What does your heart look like? As I prepared, I felt that God showed me that some hearts tonight, it's, it's just dark, like the light's switched off. And you're a bit blinded to the condition of your heart. You're, just, you're looking, you're looking, you just can't really tell. And, and so I just pray for the people that feel like that's them, that right now we just pray in Jesus' name that the lights would be switched on. Lord, just switch the lights on right now over every heart God I just pray whoa that people would see in Jesus name see what the enemy has deceived them about see what has been hidden God just reveal it because you want us to be free thank you God right now that you would just reveal the things that have entered our hearts unknowingly and knowingly, God, that we would just see clearly, Jesus, clearly. And just sit with that. If God's showing you something, just ask him more about what you need to do, what he wants you to do, and just give it to him. But I know others of you are also so hearts that have a rock in them and you know, I guess there's a heaviness, but this rock was not about heaviness. This rock was squashing something. There was something underneath, like something that was vulnerable and precious and important to you that's just been squashed. Something that you feel like there's no hope in that anymore a dream that you're thinking, how am I even going to be able to live that out anymore? And so if that's you, just 
don't be afraid and just open your heart to God right now. And I'm just going to pray. If you want to put your hand on your heart, you can do that too. So God, we just pray right now that where there is a rock blocking, squashing, limiting, hindering people's hearts right now, God, we lift that off in Jesus' name. God, and what it was squashing, we just call it to stand up again. We call life back into that place. We call victory back into that place. And we just thank you that you're putting your hand on that and saying, that's important to me, my child. That I care about that. And I didn't squash that for you. God, thank you that you're just opening up those areas right now. I just want to pray for people that are having um, yeah, trouble with fear as well. Fear of any particular thing, especially what I said earlier, fear of the dark or anything like that or darkness or feeling a presence that's not of God. Um, God, we just take authority over that right now and I pray, Father, for, for fear just to lift right now. If that's you, just keep your hands open to God because he's just going to touch you. God, just lift fear off right now in Jesus' name. And God, we just thank you that your peace will enter those places instead right now. Thank you, Father, that we, when we step close to you, you draw near to us. God, right now I just thank you that you would help us all to just stay in a place of surrender with you and just lie down in your palm. Just let go. So God, I just ask that you would meet every single person where their condition of their heart is right now and just minister to that. What we're going to do to close is allow some time to respond to that, respond to where your heart is at right now and allow God to just bring that purity, that flow, that that washing, that freedom again. And so for some of you, you might just want to sit in your seat and something that is really cool that you might want to do on your phone or if you have a notebook is, um, you know, just pour your heart out to God. Sometimes we, we, if you pray, sometimes you go to pray and you think, you think about the things that you think you have to say. But instead, just actually say what you really think, even if it's messy, <laughs> even if it has a swear word in there. Just say what you really think to God because that's how he's close to you. That's how you connect with him and that's how he can bring that purity in because you, you know, I got that whole image of being lying down in his palm because of this doing that activity just writing down things god i'm so frustrated with this why is this like this and then he showed me that picture and i'm like okay i know da 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 and just allowed me to have peace so you might want to sit and just do that we're going to play a song in a minute and you can just take some time to worship but i'm also going to have myself and a few others just standing on this side i think um so just be there to pray for you. If there's something 
really specific that your heart, you just feel it right now. I just need someone to pray about this with me. Please come and let us pray for you because that's what God wants to do for you is change that. Don't go home the same, please. We have so much access to God, which is so powerful when we do it together. So we're going to do that. We're going to do that. So you ready to go?